This is Ramsey Radio, the farming and farm machinery podcast from Ramsey Brothers, partnering farmers since 1950. Hello and welcome to Ramsey Radio, the agricultural industry podcast brought to you by Ramsey Brothers. I'm your host, as always, Tim Glover, and my guest today is rural industry safety advocate and founder of Planter Seed for Safety, Alex Thomas. Super excited about uh, having Alex on the show today. Thanks for joining us, Alex, and welcome. Oh, thanks so much, Tim. It's bloody good to be here. And if only every other person in the ag world was met me with the same level of excitement as you have. Well, we try to do what we can, and obviously we try to remain as upbeat as we can. And no doubt, uh, you know, in the current times, there's um, there's challenges that we, we seem to come across everywhere we turn. But importantly, this discussion uh, today uh, around... Uh, Hashtag plant a seed for safety is something that needs to be talked about more. But I guess for those of you that don't know who you are, Alex, and I hope that there's not too many, but the ones that don't, can you start by telling us just a little bit about yourself and why rural safety matters so much to you? Absolutely. So I grew up on a sheep station in northeast pastoral of South Australia, just off the Barrier Highway, not too far from sort of Peterborough, Yanta, Uluwira, for those who are familiar with that part of the world. Very dry, notoriously low rainfall every year, year in, year out. Um, that had the most ridiculously awesome childhood you could ever possibly ask for and, you know, grew up on the back of a motorbike, in the back of a ute or on the back of a horse and gen- or generally somewhere out the back just having a wow of a time. So, you know, it was a school of the air kid until my parents, horrible parents, sent me to boarding school when I was around 13. And then, you know, there was sort of a series of events that was playing out during that time and, and shortly prior to when I came along that really has had a profound impact on not only my livelihood, but that of my dad and um, and my family. So, look, dad was a pastoralist. We, I would have been the sixth generation on the land and dad originally came from Golnair. And he, as the, as the notion went in sort of, I think it was the late 70s, it was either kind of get big or get out. So they had farming land in the mid-north and then they decided to extend out to pastoral areas in the northeast um, and it was dad you know dad's adventure it was his choice to go out onto the station and so no sooner had they purchased that block they got hit by the drought of 82 which I wasn't around for but I mean there's plenty of stories about you know having to kill sheep and um, the interest rates and the wool prices and stuff around that time which obviously had a tremendous impact on not only on him but every other farmer or pastoralist going through that at the time. And then his way of sort of diversifying income at that stage was to go and start mustering feral goats. So we started that in the 80s. And at that point, you know, no, the feral goats weren't on anyone's radar other than, than to say that they were pests and everyone wanted to get rid of it. So he did a lot, a lot of mustering when he wasn't on the station and he picked up this nasty livestock-borne virus called Q-fever. Anyway, and I again, I was a little tacker at that stage, but he tells stories about raging fevers, coming out of the bedroom and, you know, the, the skin peeling off his hands. Like it's a notoriously awful, awful, awful thing to contract. And little do we know at that stage that that had a, a dire impact on his organs and his immune system. And so a couple of years down the track, he picked up Ross River virus. And then, you know, we sort of got through the drought of 82 and that sort of stage and then sort of got hit by the 90s, like the millennium drought. And then he got diabetes in his late 30s, I think it was. And then he got heart failure and kidney failure in latter years and ended up permanently disabled at the age of 56. So, you know, a couple of droughts and pretty crazy circumstances and the compounding impact of all of that meant that, you know, his health suffers or continues to suffer. We had to sell the station. The family broke down and I've been looking after dad in different capacities since I was about 15 years old. 
And the reality is, is that he's not the only one. You know, I'm not the only daughter or, or son or, you know, that, that's gravely concerned for the health and well-being of my dad. And I think there's a really strong message there around slowing down, you know, speaking up about health and safety and taking care. And so that's the crux of what I'm all about. And I mean, I would have, if I'd had it my way, I would have still been on the land, probably would have been a, or would have aimed to be a, a station manager or owner myself. But it wasn't to be and it took a long time sort of thrashing around the mining industry and doing other different things um, until I got to the point where I realised, you know what, actually I think rural industries and agriculture are starting to warm up to the idea of having this conversation. Um, and so, you know, when I, it was no mistake that I started my own business way back in the in the mid, sort of early 2000s and that brings me forward to where I am now and, and I'm just, I just love, I love what I do. I love what I do with Planet C for Safety and my other hat as a, you know, a consultant and a speaker and a facilitator and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's been crazy. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> it's probably the uh, probably the best response that I've got to that. I mean, that's just a heck of a lot to deal with. Mm -hmm. The upside of that is it clearly, um, you know, it has had that profound effect on you and, and no doubt the family. So moving on, tell us a little bit more about your hat with Plant a Seed for Safety and your initiative. Uh, what's the objective and what's different about your approach? Uh, look, the, the primary objective of Plant a Seed for Safety is to spin yarns to save lives. So to put health, safety and wellbeing front of mind and get people home safe and well to their families at the end of each day. Um, but to take it back a step, I guess, you know, while I was sort of cutting my teeth in mining and oil and gas and so on in the work, health and safety space, which was entirely undeliberate, and I was yearning to be back in agriculture and obviously watching my dad's health deteriorate and he's still alive, which is another, you know, positive point that has to be mentioned. It's, it's probably a pretty big upside. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so, yeah, incredibly fortunate, you know, given what he's been through. So, you know, learning the ropes in work, health and safety land, wanting to be in agriculture, having this profound love for agriculture and this, you know, being pretty miserable really, especially in the early days, not having my identity on the land anymore or so I kind of thought. As these things were kind of moving and, and happening, I was sort of observing myself as a safety practitioner and going, you know, and becoming more and more institutionalised into the corporate way of managing health and safety, which I might add is just a lot of crap in most instances and I can say that because... Um, I've been doing this for 16 years now and I've spent time in the literature and I know where things are headed from a safety science perspective and obviously in practice. And I just went, you know what, and I was watching, like, Dad went to the mining industry at one point after we sold the station. I was like, this is just rubbish. You know, there's this huge disconnect between what we what we say work, health and safety is all about, the language that comes with it, the fear-driven, bureaucratic, box-ticking policies and procedures. I mean, where, in the, where on earth would any rational person be compelled to do anything differently if that's if that's the approach we're taking to actually empowering people to make different choices. So I had to go and do some, or I, had, well, I ended up doing some work with a sociologist, which helped me understand more about the social context of health and safety. And Planacy for Safety was a culmination of, you know, all of, all of those things. So it spins yarns to save lives. It has got a focus on rural women. Um, because they're the ones that are often already intuitively leading the conversation about health and safety in rural communities. They're key influencers and they're experts in what's going on around them. Um, it has a really active presence on social media, which, of course, extends its reach out to, you know, any part of the globe, really. Um, and it's inclusive for people in regional areas. It's not happening in a boardroom in Adelaide somewhere or any other city. And in 2021, 
um, we started a pilot project in the Barossa Valley, which is all about taking that conversation directly into the heart of rural communities and embracing not only rural women as the influencers, but community groups, cricket clubs, pubs, high schools, primary schools, you know, grower groups, industry associations, anyone who wants to be a part of what this change is in a fun and meaningful and constructive way. So it's, you know, there's got a heavy emphasis on, on um, yeah, empowering communities to obviously take the lead in this sense and keeping it positive and preventative and just sexing it up, want a better expression. And I think the important uh, takeaway uh, from all of that is that it's got to be the discussion and, and the deliverables have to be in that fun, meaningful way. Mm. Um, people actually abiding by, you know, and understanding what should be done uh, mm. and not taking it for granted uh, has got to be a good thing, surely. You'd like to think so. And I think that, you know, the key message is just that it doesn't have to be boring, yeah. you know, and we, and we don't need to ring fence this conversation around work, health and safety or child safety or road safety. It's just health and safety. It's just a part of being a sustainable industry slash community and supporting people to make better choices. So 30 years ago, nobody wore seatbelts and today we do it without even thinking about it. And it wasn't Absolutely. box ticking until we yeah, did it. And, and again, you know, the, the the involvement that you're getting from the from the wider community and those um, those sporting groups and sporting bodies and interest groups and that sort of thing, you know, the same message has got to apply if you're, uh, you know, if you're setting up the bowling machine at cricket practice for the junior kids, you know, on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the exciting bit is that, you know, you are taking it across the board. Um you talked about uh, the women side of it, and I've always said that uh, behind every uh, good man is a better woman, and generally a smarter woman. Um, and I think most men would instinctively recognise that putting women at the centre of farm safety management is a smart move. Um, how do you define the different approach that women bring to safety awareness management, and importantly, the application? Absolutely. Like I think diversity can be a bit of a scary word for some people, and I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's it's fundamental to everything that we do. And, you know, in short, women really are the diversity peach. They're, they're the fresh set of eyes. They're the ones that haven't necessarily been on the land or wherever for six generations. They're coming in and they're injecting new sets of skills, experiences, work in other workplaces. Women are inherently um, more risk averse. They're the ones that are left carrying the load if something happens to the bloke on the property or wherever it is, and they care. And that's the most beautiful thing, not only about women, but about rural communities, is that they care. So we're just amplifying what already works and, you know, doing more of it and sending a really consistent message that we can slow down and speak up and look after each other. Better than, we, better than we already do. Absolutely makes sense, doesn't it? I think if most men were honest with themselves, they'd admit that the women in their lives have a more sensible attitude to risk than the traditional she'll be right attitude we've traditionally bought to getting things done. Uh, Alex, <laughs> I want to move from how good this is in theory to how you actually help it work in practice. But first, yeah. though, we need to take a quick break, so don't go anywhere. And we'll be back with Planner Seed for Safety's Alex Thomas right after this. Bednar Terrellan TO. The name to remember for soil renovation. Exclusively available through Ramsey Brothers, why settle for a machine that works on one dimension? Do more in one pass. Increase oxygen supply and remove hard pans. Mix and combine topsoil for better structure and nutrient availability. Increase root growth and microbial activity and improve moisture retention. Bednar Terralan TO. It's a ripper. Call Ramsey Brothers for more. Ramsey Brothers, partnering farmers since 1950. Welcome back to Ramsey Radio. We're talking today to Alex Thomas about her Plant a Seed for Safety initiative and how women can help improve safety outcomes in the rural industry. And we talked about how it makes sense to make women the gatekeepers of rural industry safety. 
But how does it work in practice? Do you see women riding and uh, policing safety policies on farm uh, or more simply changing attitudes and encouraging the male workers to think about who else will be affected in their risk-taking goes wrong? Mm. So, I mean, they already are. They're already leading conversation. I mean, you talk to farmers everywhere, uh, men and women, and generally she's the one that's taken them. She's been more proactive in the, certainly the work health and safety space. So if we put the work health and safety hat on for a moment, I think there's probably a lot of frustrated women doing an awful lot of Googling at the moment trying to work out what it means to be, in inverted commas, compliant. Um, and this is kind of stepping a little bit slightly away from the pharmacy for safety stuff and more into the technical WHS space. But... I think, you know, that's one of the most terrifying stereotypes about the work health and safety profession is that, you know, you write a stack of policies and procedures and she'll be right, we're done. Um, and it's really all it's doing is just providing a false economy around what it means to manage risk and actually prevent people from getting hurt. And the, and the simple fact of the matter is, is that in the, I think it's 601 pages of riveting reading that is the Act and the, and the regulations. There's not one line that says you need a documented policy or procedure. So we need to, you know, we need to do a lot of work to get rid of that. And unfortunately, there's, you know, various players in the agri-space that are peddling, you know, the message of fear and compliance and box-ticking stuff. But that aside... It's, it's, it's all about coming back to the fact that women offer that really diverse point of view. They're the closest other person to the work and it's about facilitating a, an inclusive conversation that's not just them, it's everybody doing the work to come up with a consensus around what the safest, best way of doing the work is. And I guess the other point to note is that risk is subjective, so every farm is entirely different. There's no generic approach to how you manage risk across agriculture or across farming or across a sector. It's about these conversations, about putting it, you know, front and centre and um, and doing whatever, doing whatever is reasonably practicable to stop someone from getting hurt. I generally find that, you know, this is appealing in all work settings. So health and safety is a product of a professional and productive operation. So if you're striving to get better worker engagement or to make things faster or more efficient, inadvertently, you are probably doing things that are having, you know, a positive impact on the health and safety of people as well. So it's not like you have to treat it like some, you know, wildly expensive siloed activity from the rest of your operation. It is it is absolutely a part of the everyday and it's a product. So taking shortcuts and being careless around large, powerful machinery is obviously highly risky and, you know, it makes up a huge proportion of, you know, what we do. There's a lot of broad acre, but it doesn't matter whether you're in uh, in livestock, you're always around uh, machinery. But how do you target awareness of more insidious risks like chemical handling, fatigue, posture and back strain, road safety, heat and dehydration? I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm. Um, how do you look at tackling those sort of things? Look, I think... Um... I guess the question that I ask often ask is like who decides what's more insidious and what's not and what's a priority and what's not and ultimately I can't answer that question. I've really got to hand the microphone to the people that actually do the work because they are the experts in this stuff. They know what they're terrified of or what they're not or what they would or wouldn't let their kids do and then it's up to me to support them and help them, you know, come to a consensus around what improvement might look like. You know, traditional big businesses always focused on management or the safety department prescribing a certain way of being, but really for me it's about a facilitated conversation. And, you know, like I don't, I certainly think fatigue, mental health, general health, um, some of the more less tangible things, I, I think there's definitely an opportunity to have more conversations about that 
but it depends on the context. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, as I get older, I'd like to think I get wiser. It really <laughs> comes down to a lot of these things. It comes down to common sense, doesn't it? It does, but what's common sense? Like, what's different from one person to the next? So, and that's, and you can only surface what that is by having a conversation. But you're right, because, you know, common sense in, in, you know, some of us have got a few miles on the clock. What we look at common sense and what the next generation's coming through look at common sense is completely mm-hmm. different. And if promoting the conversation, um, you know, makes that happen, it's got to be a good thing. Mm. Look, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think we've got to get really clear on what our goal is too. Like if it's in inverted commas compliance, then that is going to take you down a line of producing a stack of paperwork, which may or may not, highly likely not, add any value. If the goal is not to kill anyone or seriously injure anyone, then the conversation is entirely different. And that's in my mind. That's where it should be. A hundred percent. I think at the start of the uh, at the start of the show today, you know, you talked about or you made mention of it's about getting you home safely each night. Now, plant a seed for safety isn't just you. You've got a team here in Australia and an ambassador in New Zealand. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk up the wider plant a seed for safety team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, fortuitously, um, you know, there's lots of farmers that hang out globally on Twitter. And sort of early in the piece, I'm linked up with a bloke called Tony Watson, and he was heading up what was then Safer Farms in New Zealand, which is basically a combination of big agribusinesses, all that have decided to do something constructive about health and safety. So that was where the collaboration came in with New Zealand. He's a wonderful person. And Harriet Bremner, she um, very, very tragically lost her partner in a dreadful farming accident. She's um, just younger than me, actually, so no early 30s. And former school teacher, real, real, really, really strong passion for writing children's books with that message around safety to try and educate kids to make safer choices on the farm. Erin Speedy was the copywriter for me over in New Zealand. She's a wonderful farm girl as well, very talented copywriter and, and media person. And then, of course, I've got Sarah Prime or Sarah Power from the Air Peninsula, who you may or may not be aware of. She's a just an absolute trailblazer social entrepreneur. And then James McGill, who is everything that I'm not in the sense that he's a corporate guru and a capital investment guru. And, you know, so between between our small little nimble team, we we can pull some amazing rabbits out of hats. So it seems it's, it's really good fun. Um, there's a great quote from Harriet on your website mm-hmm. where she says, farmers should go to work and simply not die on the job. Probably puts the whole conversation into focus. Couldn't agree with you or her anymore. Like I think there's particularly in rural, like there's there's no line between work and home, you know, so we can't take this kind of punitive approach to trying to improve health and safety. It has to be holistic and paperwork never saved any lives. So all we need, it is, really is as simple as just having inspiring conversations and sharing stories that put health and safety front of mind. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about safety in the rural industry and the plant of seed for safety initiative. And I think it's about starting and having that conversation. For anyone that uh, hasn't been, head to their website, planterseedforsafety.com. Plenty of information on there. And uh, if there is any questions, I think, Alex, there's some links on there where people can get involved. Yep, absolutely. Otherwise, um, hit me up via social media. The Planter Seed for Safety has channels on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, everywhere. <laughs> Just get on social to, to know more and get involved there, the places to find it. Alex, I hope you've enjoyed uh, coming on and, and hopefully getting the message out a little bit broader. Cannot commend uh, your efforts uh, highly enough. And what really, really uh, has put a smile on my face today is the passion that you show for uh, what you're doing.
Brilliant. You're a champion. Thank you very much, Tim. Alex, again, appreciate everything uh, we've talked about today, and we'll put the links uh, to Planacy for Safety in the podcast description so you can find it at ramseybrothers.com.au slash podcast or on your podcast app. Remember, you can find all of our episodes there too, and if you like what you hear, please let us know in the comments, tell your friends, and be sure to subscribe. If there's something you'd like us to talk about, also shoot us a message and let us know. I'm Tim Glover, and you've been listening to me and Plant a Seed for Safety's Alex Thomas. I'll catch you back here for the next Ramsey Radio Edition. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay safe. You've been listening to Ramsey Radio, brought to you by Ramsey Brothers. Find this and all our podcasts on your preferred podcast app or on our website at ramseybros.com.au. Thank you.